Welcome to I'm So Obsessed, where we talk with actors, artists, and creators about their work, career, and current obsession. I'm your host, Patrick Holland, and today my guest is actor Lynn Renee, who is in the upcoming HBO Max reboot of Gossip Girl and can be seen as General Sarah Adler in the new season of the freeform TV series Motherland, Fort Salem. This interview was recorded at the beginning of June over the internet with Lynn in New York and myself in South Carolina. Thank you for joining us on this podcast and hot off the presses, so to speak. It was announced recently that you're going to be in the upcoming Gossip Girl reboot on HBO Max. Um, what was it like to land that uh, role then when you got the call? Oh, my God. Um, well, Patrick, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This is very exciting um, because, yeah, there's so many exciting things happening. And, and, and Gossip Girl, I think, is definitely one of them I think one that yet has to completely sink in um I just came out of a um a quite heavy shoot in uh, in Vancouver for eight months on a show uh, Motherland which is premiering this month uh June 22nd and um you know we were wrapping up that show and I was doing auditions in the meantime I'd read for it and then my team called me and they, they um, Ben, my manager's first question was, uh, so what do you think of Gossip Girl? And I was almost stunned. I was like, what do you mean? What do I think of Gossip Girl? And they were like, you got the part. <laughs> and it's so strange because you're standing there in your trailer. You, don't, you have no one to share the moment with. I remember walking out and my drivers, they were all parked out and, you know, having a little chat outside. And I went outside and I was like, I booked Gossip <laughs> I kind of had a screen because Gossip Girl is, is a show that I remember from eight years ago and it, it, it gives you a glimpse inside of the high society of New York City. It takes you to places in New York City that one doesn't get to see very often and I was just so, I mean, I, I, I can't tell you how, how happy I was. Also coming from being in military fatigues for the last eight months and getting to literally slip into a Laboutin, Chris, you know, uh, Alexander McQueen. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Like it's, yeah, I think it's starting to sink in. Well, so you mentioned there, you, you said it to drivers. What was their reaction? Like, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, that's great. You know, like, what was their reaction? Well, and that's the thing because with Gossip Girl, it's, it's a global phenomenon. When I say it to people, it's their excitement that is telling me more about you know oh my god i'm i'm in the reboot of of gossip girl and you know we're on a platform of hbo max now it's tackling social media world that has become and it has such a big impact on our society right now and i think eight years ago just to see that growth what what technology has does to the youth and and just making that combination gives you an, an instant um a good concept right and to bring that world back of, of the gossip girl is i mean i think a lot of people are excited about it the trailer dropped this week it looks sexy the production value is there the i mean I, what am i saying I, I should just talk about the people as well who i got to meet you know it's it's so beautiful because it's always very scary when you rap on a show your heart breaks a little every single time <laughs> because you're working with people so closely and you know especially during a pandemic you're so isolated from your 
normal life and family that you do rely on each other. Um, I got to step into the Gossip Girl um, crew and cast, and they were already filming for six months. I, you know, Hel Helena comes in halfway, which I, I think is kind of sexy. Uh, <laughs> and um, I, I mean, the welcome was just so warm. And Eli Brown, who plays my son, we have to talk about it. Eli is just is, I mean, what a beautiful young actor and all these young kids are so refreshing. And I feel like I've almost stepped into another family and I feel very lucky, you know, I really, really do. I really love the way you describe that because I think that's something um, a lot of us who've not been on a TV show, um, mm -hmm. you get that vibe of like camaraderie or ensemble. Uh, one more thing about Gossip Girl, you see the character playing, uh, if I'm reading it right, is um, Helena Bergman and described as, this is what the description was in Deadline, a cold as ice global real estate magnet <laughs> and former top model. Um, and she's also Otto's mother played by Eli Brown. So how do you prep to play in a, an ice cold real estate magnet? Like what is the prep work like for that? <laughs> well, as an actor, when I get a description of, an, of a, a character, I'll take it with me. But I guess it is my role or my part to also bring something to the table um, that will color that char character in and make it unique, right? To, to perform it as me, as the artist. Because when I read Ice, you know, Ice Cold, there has to be where, my first question is, where is her heart? What does make her tick? You know, that is my first question, just to see what is the paradox of that. And that was easy, because that was, is my son, it's Eli. Um, well, Otto Bagman, of course. Fury. <laughs> and, you know, I kind of started working with that. Also, I only had like four days to kind of mold wow. this character flying in from Vancouver on a Wednesday morning, um, going straight back into testing, stepping into a fitting, which I mean, was a fairy tale on its own, and then having to go to set on the next, the next Tuesday. So that is very little time that is given so quickly. For me, it's always comes down to, okay, it is a simple few very general questions that I will write down and then fill in for me to take with me. Because then on the day, you got to be ready to, to let everything fall away because, you know, it's, it's the cast and the sets and the grandeur and the clothes. I mean, the moment I arrive in my easies and my tracksuit pants, you know, and I get to slip into dresses that make me look like, I don't know, um, Monica Bellucci. It's like, it's, it's incredible what is all given to you. And that also helps you shape and slip into that character. And on the day, you've just got to react. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's just absolutely uh, a beautiful challenge, actually, to just have such little time and, and yet play someone that you get to play with. I think only now I get to fill in the details that I get to bring more because I'm getting to know her better as well. I'm just so excited just hearing the way you approach it. That just sounds so intriguing. Um, uh, you recently were in the Guy Ritchie film, Wrath of Man, which starred Jason Statham. Obviously, both of those guys are very big names and both have a history of working together. What's it like being in a Guy Ritchie film? <laughs> oh, my God, Patrick, it's a dream come true for, well, any actor, I guess, who's a fan of his work. You know, Guy Ritchie is, is, is a legend and... I think it comes down to preparation because it's, it, it really is so overwhelming. I remember being um, at this beautiful private club in uh, London 
it's one of the most beautiful private he like rented that space which is unheard of you're sitting there with Matthew McConaughey in front of you Kate um what am I saying Michelle and then Jeremy Strong and you have to pretend that that's your normal <laughs> for that to do that you've got to be so well prepared so I made sure that I knew my lines from front to back back to front left to right left you know right to left because if you're not prepared and it, it, it will throw you off you know because also you're you're working I was working in an American accent for both films and you know Guy Ritchie will come up to you and you got to forget that it's Guy Ritchie and then he he talks in his own beautiful accent mm-hmm. he's like all right then we're gonna go like you know you're gonna go there over there then you're gonna come to me and you're gonna say like, it's for the family you gotta take pictures and you gotta do that and I've literally have to focus so hard and perform it is the focus on his sets are so, you've got to be so prepared. He changes everything around. Literally before a take, he'll go, oh, there's a whole rewrite, which happened in Wrath of Man. Look, when when I was asked to go back for Wrath of Man, that, that in itself was such a compliment. And I guess he really liked, you know, what I brought the first time and therefore, you know, gave me a second opportunity. I, it was just... It's mind blowing and, 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 you know, to work with Jason, all of a sudden you're in front of him, you know, I do get a little starstruck. Of course I do. Um, but then I have to put my business cap up and, and go, okay, Lynn, here you are. So, you know, make it work. And with these rewrites, when you get them literally 10 minutes before you, you just got to perform, but, you know, having worked now in the TV industry, like that's a machine and it, it works your own machine and your craft as well. I'm like, I got so well at just memorizing lines quickly now. And so it does help, you know, you get to you get to be quicker or quick because you're trained. Um, and I feel like I'm technically trained now, um, which gives me the freedom to play. Man, it, it just sounds like you have such a good prep for your process. I'm wondering how does that help in a situation where even though he's a big star, uh, Jason Statham's also, his his movies are beloved because, you know, there's uh, it's kind of like a formula in a good way that his character mm-hmm. at some point is like retired or gone and then usually comes back and gets injured or someone injures something personal to him. And then he just is like insane physical fight guy. And I'm wondering <laughs> as you're watching this movie and you're watching his performance, what is it like to seeing how his process is through a, a big movie, like something like uh, Wrath of Man? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, to come on to a guy, Rich, Richie said when he's working with Jason, the two of them have been working since they were like kids, right? So it's like, when you see them together, they have kept that. They're two two boys. You see two 15-year-olds just like just f***ing around on a set and having so much fun. And it's so beautiful to see. Like Guy Rich has built a family around him. He's also known for that. And, and therefore, Jason, I think, feels so great and comfortable on his sets. I mean, the first time I met him, he was so gracious and so warm and then he kind of we had to do this uh, cold read uh, in the black room what you do before you go into filming and then he just switches into that action hero man that we know and he doesn't <laughs> like I went to see Wrath of Man and I went to see a matinee it was the first experience after pandemic again to be in a film in a cinema and to go and see Wrath of Man with a popcorn bag on my lap it was surreal and Jason does it again and again. And you don't get tired of him because he just carries that charisma and has such an incredible 
you know, work ethic as well that he brings to it. I mean, this guy is so good at what he does. And to be confronted with these people, to be given those opportunities by Guy is for me such a learning school, like, you know, four or five days on Guy's set. I mean, you just, it's, it's what do you call that? Those, um, it's like a workshop you get to do <laughs> where things hit you and you better be prepared because they come at you fast. It's an incredible world. And I, I, I can't tell you how honored I've, I was to be part of his world twice. I wanted to talk about some badass stuff that you've done and probably what you're, you're most recently best known for is the badass character of General Sarah Adler on Motherland, Fort Salem. Um, first, let's just for people who might not be familiar with the show, mm -hmm. can you describe mm -hmm. it for us? Oh, Motherland, Fort Salem. Motherland, Fort Salem is an incredible um, fictional series. It's an alternate America where the roles are reversed, women are in power. We have a black female president, yes. I play the general, but I'm also um, a witch and I have made a pact with the government. I've asked them not to kill my kind, build me a place and win their wars. Basically, Sarah Alder is Georgina Washington. She's on the crossing of the Delaware. She's made America into what it is. You follow the story of three young girls who get recruited to war college um, because they have the witch blood in them. And you see what Fort Salem is and what it stands for because of Alder who built it. One of the things you mentioned and a big, a huge aspect of the show is the fact that it's a, a woman dominated world. I mean, what's it like working with just on a, on a show with just so many amazing women and in maybe roles that are normally not written like that for women? Oh, I mean, it's amazing. I remember this audition coming at me and like, am I allowed to say shit or not? Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, that audition, not, not the audition, but the character scared the shit out of me because you see a woman in not only in power, but leadership. She's a general of an all-female army. I mean, how, how cool is that? That those roles have never come across my desk, you know? And I feel like the older I get, the more the roles that are coming to me and the, the roles that are presented are just so much richer and so much more exciting and challenging because, you know, that's what it's been written. And I think this, our show reflects that, reflects what the power could be if women, you know, if the roles were to be reversed and women were in, 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 in control. I mean, Elliot Lawrence, our showrunner, whom I consider brilliant, <laughs> is, you know, has dreamed up this world, which I, I believe it. I mean, when I step into General Sarah Alder, I completely step into that world. And, you know, you get to work with green screens and special effects. And I, I feel like I'm a kid who gets to play and who gets to be so free and who gets to build a character that is so far away from what I am. You know, she's, she exudes this confidence and knowledge and strength and, it, for, to me, it, it's proved the biggest challenge to sink my teeth in. And I really fought for her. I fought for her hard. Well, then what's it like when you leave like the set and you go back to the real world where 
the roles are you i would well they're reversed uh is the truth let's just be honest there um but what's it like mm -hmm. what's that moment like for you and you're like oh yeah this is all right look i think we're living a life in a world right now where women have fought and and you know have fought for for their own voice and stand and i think that women are taking their own um role maybe in this world and stepping up for themselves more and we're going through a huge process when i think of my grandmother and i do a lot um she was so set and stuck in a society of what was expected from her and had no freedom and i feel like i'm already as a woman in this world i am so free um in taking my decisions and look <laughs> it didn't come without hardship don't get me wrong i mean it's been a long way coming but the journey i've been on as a woman in this industry and finding my own voice and strength through these characters and aldo has definitely wow changed so much for me that you know that's the beauty about it right and that's the learning process and i think as a woman we've had to go through a huge learning process and a huge adaptation and I feel like we have to set the example so you know the world can adapt around us in our new ways and new beliefs. I want to go back because this you're we're getting ready to have the second season of the show. Um, what was uh, what's it like returning to the role of the general in the second season? How did that change for you? Well, it was a huge change. I mean, first of all, I, I think I got the most beautiful compliment to become a series regular. The network, I think, really loved what I brought to the general. And so I think, you know, having become a series regular, there's been a lot of growth to, to the character. And we get to take a dive back or um, to see what made General Alder who she is. What happened to her or what shaped her to become the leader that she is, what she stands for. And, and you know, all of a sudden to go through this growth is so rewarding as an artist, because I don't think I've ever worked so hard on a character as well. She's, it's a high level difficulty and focus <laughs> from her, her, from her um, um, the way that she carries herself. I mean, I still go walking through New York or wherever I am in the world and I walk like General Alder. I catch myself and I go, Lynn, hands behind your back. No, no, gonna, I have to shake her off. She requires so much from me as an artist and um, to then experience that growth and to get the script sent of the second season. And I got to stretch myself as an artist this season so beautifully to, to I've pushed my limits further than I ever have. Um, I took the freedom to really you know uh expand in in different ways that i've never had and and i just saw the two first episodes of motherland and and i saw it i i saw what i put in and i was so proud you know because i was like oh wow yes i believe it i see general alder and and yeah it's so rewarding i guess is the word I want to pivot away for just a second. And uh, this is a question we ask all of our guests on our show, but the name of our podcast is I'm So Obsessed. And Lynn, what are you obsessed with right now? I'm obsessed with, um, I think it's mental health. I think it's 
you know, setting an example for, first of all, taking care of myself, because I feel like in the last year, it has been very challenging the way we were isolated. I don't think I've ever been isolated the way I've been before. And we were not able to fly back to the families during Christmas. And, you know, you're confronted with yourself on a whole new level. Um, and I'm grateful that I have help, that I reached out for help. And I think it just opened my eyes and my world about how important it is to take care of your mental health. And I'm obsessed with exploring it. I'm obsessed with opening the conversation. I'm obsessed with trying to maybe help people and talk about it and, and say that there are things out there. You know, just it's like being able to take better care of yourself and the people around you. I think that's my current obsession. That's great. And this is from Jenner Adler, who is a badass. So this, this yeah. thing. <laughs> no, I, I would agree with the same thing. I think the, a lot of us have been um, it, uh, forced to explore our mental mm -hmm. health, whether we want to or not. And mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Uh, so another thing I want to ask you about is you also paint. I, I read about this yes. and your mother was actually a, uh, a very well-known uh, Belgian artist. I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about her and, and what kind of painting you do. Oh, my mom is a beautiful artist. Um, she, and, and besides that, she was an, an art teacher in our city where, where I grew up. And um, I remember going to the, uh, to the classes um, also because she couldn't leave us alone. We were too young. <laughs> and, um, you know, as, as a child, yeah, I, I mean, it, I didn't mind drawing, but it wasn't my favorite thing to do. I always told myself that I couldn't do it. Um, and, you know, seeing my mom having the freedom to, to paint and tell these stories, also to grow up with an artist, I think, helped me become my own. And I think one day um, I was going through a tough time um, and I, I think I needed to find a way to express myself differently than I ever had. And all of a sudden I realized that, you know, when you tell yourself that you can't um, do something that you've, you've basically put a limit on yourself. And I thought, well, I've always told myself I can't draw and paint. Maybe that's the exact limit I have to break for myself. And I, I did, I went to the store and I got the basics, um, you know, um, what, what I need. And I went and um, I paint, I started painting and I haven't stopped and it's become this beautiful little side hobby, even now business um, that I've created. I mean, I have little commissions going out. I have um, people asking me to make something specifically for that wall in their home. And I never thought it would grow into something like that. I'm, I feel extremely honored because, you know, as an artist, I believe it's our duty to reflect what's going on in this world. And I guess that's just another discipline of how I try and do that. You know, as an actor, I do it through the stories I'm given. As an artist, I do it through what I feel inside and try and resonate that. Or I, I draw what, what calms me or I draw what's inside. You know, I don't know. I just follow my instinct, I guess. And so for it to relate to others, I guess, is the most beautiful compliment. Well, and you mentioned earlier, um, if people didn't catch on, you are from um, Belgium and you, you did go through like the theater scene there and uh, yeah. and, and television there. Um, how did you get into acting, especially if your mom is like a, a painter or a teacher? Mm -hmm. um, I got into acting. There was a youth theater uh, in, our, in a little village nearby that I first got to uh, explore some weekends. Um, I mean, for me... <sighs> 
the most free I've ever felt was to just like disappear, put on this huge wedding dress. I think I was nine or something. And I got a stole a wedding dress out of my mom's closet. I jumped on my little cycle and I would disappear into the forest and just play for hours and hours and hours. And, and I, I had an imagination, I guess, which was, you know, endless. And then I, I really struggled in, in, in high school because there was no subject that was speaking to my imagination or, or, you know, my passion that I really wanted to do. And I feel and I remember being miserable in school and failing school and 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 until we went to this art school in Ghent and there was um, a, um, a division where one could study acting. I, I, I begged my mom and dad, like, please let me do that. And they were like, okay, just let her do it. And from there on, I just knew I had to be on stage. Oh, I, I know that. I know that bug so well that I, I uh, similar <laughs> story, except it doesn't play, take place in Belgium. It takes place in South Carolina. Um, let me ask you this. What is it, what's it like working in Belgium TV and how's that different than American TV? Um, to be honest, I don't think there's that much of a difference. I, I'm, I've been so fortunate to have traveled to the most beautiful places in the world and work with different crews around the world. And, you know, everywhere you go, all these crews, just, you know, the beauty of what we do, it's an army of people that come together from costumes to hair, to makeup, to props, to set building, to the actors, to the prep, to the writers, everybody we count on each other. If there's one person that falls away on a day, our link is broken. We have, we count on each other. We respect the work. And, you know, even during this pandemic, I feel like even though it was such a strange world, we were so isolated in masks and shields and whatnot. Like literally I didn't see the face of 85% of the people that I worked with for eight months. You know, um, it's, 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 the, the, the level of respect and love that was brought to the work this year was even more heightened because we were the lucky ones to be working. And I feel any crew and cast, what they bring together as a team is one of the most beautiful experiences. And I feel like that you get that in every country because it's the passion that drives us. And that doesn't speak language, right? Passion, wherever you go, if it's driven by passion, it gets the same results. Well, I have to say, that I think um, if if anything people take away from hopefully this interview, it's we definitely feel that passion in the way you describe your work and your mm -hmm. approach. And I want to round out our interview. We do a thing called Pick One, and I give you a couple different choices, and you select one. It doesn't mean this, the thing that you select is better than the other thing, but let's mm -hmm. play Pick One, Lynn. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds fantastic. Okay, so first one, Pick One, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, or Snatch? Snatch. I mean, it's... it's <laughs> It's, it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> no, you're going to say that. Right? I, th there's no right answers, but that is the right answer. Yes. No, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, what's funny. I hadn't seen that movie in, I don't know, a long time. And it was on a couple months ago and I, I forgot he was in it. And then he, I'm like, oh my God, he's so good in this movie. He's how, so how good. How can you forget he was in that? I mean, no, but see, well, that's, I mean, when you work, get to work with Guy and you think back of that film, it's like. <laughs> but then you also see Jason Statham, you're like, oh man, if right. he just did like five years later, Jason Statham, this movie, like, you know, Brad Pitt's yeah. you know. <laughs> All right, next one. Gossip Girl, the TV show or Gossip Girl, the book, pick one. 
TV show. And have you read the book or is it just because you've watched the TV show you say that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be honest because I watched the TV show and because I'm in it. <laughs> I say, and you're going to be on the TV show. That is the right answer. All right. This next one is uh, definitely more challenging. Pick one, painting a portrait of Benedict Cumberbatch or having your work featured at Diane Broussard's in New York. I mean, look, for me to be to be at Diane's store is, is just such an incredible compliment again. And um, but I guess, you know, with Benedict, it's the beautiful combination of, I guess, two of my passions or different disciplines where my work and the art gets get to come together. I remember um, drawing it just after I worked with him on Parade's End and uh, I gave it to his agent and I got this email from him, this, this beautiful email saying how much he appreciated it. And, and I think, you know, when you get to experience that, because you, you can make something, but therefore people are got, not going to relate to it or like it, but he really did. And apparently <laughs> it's still in his living room. And apparently the most, the, the compliment that every time when people see it say like, wow, she really captured you. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I'm going to have to go for Benedict Cumberbatch. Well, it sounds like, I mean, I, I'm definitely not an art critic and oh boy, how many times do people say that before they say something? Um, but uh, it does sound like that is what you want from a, a painted portrait is yeah. to capture the person, you know? I mean, you know, for me, it's, 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 it is all about passion, Patrick. And if I get to continue to do what I love, I mean, oh God, um, I feel like I'm getting to, to the right place in doing so. And, you know, just getting to talk with you today is part of that and and I'd just like to say thank you again. I want to thank Lynn for chatting with me and I want to thank you for listening. Season 2 of Motherland Fort Salem airs Tuesday nights on Freeform TV and you can catch up on previous episodes on Hulu. Please take a moment and subscribe to I'm So Obsessed on your favorite podcast app and if you really like this episode, please rate it. Until next time, take care. <laughs>